Hi, I'm Steve Mabb, Chair of the Australian Shareholders Association, and we're proud to be hosting the 2024 Investor Conference in Melbourne from the 19th to the 21st of May. And we're stoked that Phil, the host of this podcast, is going to be our special guest MC. If you haven't heard much about the ASA Conference, it's a flagship event that attracts around 300 investors and industry professionals, including the Chair of National Australia Bank this year, the Chair of AGL. We have Dr. Sam Hupert, the founder and CEO of Primedicus, and we've also got Richard White, the founder and CEO of WiseTech coming along, along with many others. For a limited time, new members can enjoy special pricing on registration for the upcoming conference, along with a complimentary 12-month digital membership with the ASA. That's two-day conference registration plus one-year ASA membership for $499, a saving of $150. Simply search for Australian Shareholders Conference Register, click on two-day conference non-member, enter the discount code MEM, as in member, 499, the number's 499, so that's MEM 499 to claim your special offer. Come along and meet me and Phil at the conference. We look forward to seeing you there. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shares for Beginners. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're going down the ETF route, nothing wrong with dollar cost averaging and nothing wrong with staggering your investments. So if you want to get started on that, just invest an amount today. Don't wait. You can manage your risk, but you can't know what the market's going to do in the future. There's a misunderstanding of timing for the markets. G'day and welcome back to Shares for Beginners. I'm Phil Muscatello. Today my guest is, well, I found my guest on Twitter. Uh, we seem to follow the same people on FinTwit, that's financial Twitter, and we laugh at the same bad jokes. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Hello, mate. How you doing, Phil? Yeah, good. Really good. Thanks. Thanks very much for coming around. No, delighted to be here. Adam Turk is an investment manager at Harborside Capital. Many people say that Twitter is toxic, but I found the FinTwit community to be good fun with lots of great lessons for investors, as long as you can understand sarcasm <laughs> and watch out for the people that are pumping individual stocks. It's the case, isn't it? No, I agree with you, actually. I've been on Twitter. I'm not a big user of Twitter, mm. um, but I'm a fairly regular user i i flick on it most days there's a few people that i do sort of follow and uh, uh, with more interest i think you have to be careful who you follow obviously Mm -hmm. i think it is a really good resource there are some really good people on there that share a lot of knowledge great knowledge isn't it yeah just get used to i mean it's the the world and noise block out noise Mm -hmm. uh, um you know use it for your own purposes some people will be quite be happy to engage with you with sensible questions. Yeah, uh, you'll normally get shot down with stupid questions, mm-hmm. and you'll normally get shot down if it's a question that you could answer yourself with a little bit of research and re- uh, just Google the answer. Effort. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> that's right. Uh, um, so I identified that, but I think that, as they call it, FinTwit. 
uh, I, I, I did wonder if that was a separate bit of Twitter for a while, but yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a naturally yeah, evolved, yeah, exactly, uh, evolved area. Exactly, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, I think there's uh, there's some really useful and really interesting uh, things to people to follow. Yeah, well, actually, what we'll do is um, in the show notes, we'll put down our list of the people that we follow as well so that people can um, follow some of these people as well. Good idea. Um, But everyone we put down probably is for a slightly different reason. Uh, And I wouldn't say uh, it's about learning process, not about learning. Yeah, if someone's talking about an individual stock or saying this is a great stock or or, or whatever. If it's uh, someone that's worth following, you need to learn their process, not on what they're talking about that particular day if that makes sense. it makes perfect sense because we don't want to be conveying the idea that people can construct an investment strategy based on tips that's just not going to work is it no no you'll find that it may work for a short period of time or it may work for an elongated period of time uh, in investment terms uh, yeah I, I think of a short period of time as three years that's probably other people's <laughs> not other people's <laughs> idea of a short period of time yeah. right but if it's not based on sound principles, it will f- fall over. Markets do change. Uh, uh, yeah, we were talking off, off air earlier that yeah, since the COVID and since money's been flooding the the, the market with stimulus, that yeah, stocks have been behaving fairly unusually. Is probably putting it mildly. I think I'm sensing this year that that's going back to normal. I good stocks, good companies are starting to behave. Well, bad stocks are starting to behave badly, um, but we've had, you know, uh, on Twitter people who do follow Twitter, the, you know, rockets and going to the moon and all this. Sort of, sort of <laughs> it's stuff. the rocket emojis, uh, you know, isn't rocket it? emojis, yeah. yeah. And that's quite often, you know, tends to be stocks that, you know, the chances of them having longevity is small. The amount of uh, uh, eventually, uh, I think I mentioned before, eventually most stocks on the stock market go bust, right? So if really, you're, I did every. Yeah, I mean, yeah, out of yeah, the, yeah, the two thousand like, yeah. stocks. Or well, so Australia is really unusual mm. in that um, the top sort of twenty is dominated by fairly the banks w- and resources, well-established companies, yeah. and I'm talking mm. companies that are 80, 90, 100 years old, right? That creates an issue for our market as well because it's dominated by fairly reasonably stagnant companies you know growth is a problem and yeah we've seen banks and especially over the years trying to go offshore and and grow their businesses and yeah systematically the australian banks have pretty much failed with that and come back with a tail between their legs because uh australia's a very unique banking environment highly protected highly protected monopolistic environment exactly i think yeah. the average yeah, i think banks make like three thousand dollars profit per person or some ridiculous number don't hold me to that exactly mm. but it's a yeah. ridiculous number and you know you just don't get that sort of monopolistic protection offshore so that so they they've struggled but if you go to other countries and in growth sectors and in in smaller uh, you know yeah, you know, the stock market's thousands of stocks. It's not just twenty or fifty stocks. Mm. The majority of those will actually never, well, yeah, won't survive yep. past yep. A, a period of time. Mm-hmm. And I think the turnover rate in the ASX two hundred, thirty percent go bust of the whole I, of the ASX I, or the ASX two hundred of the ASX two hundred of the ASX two hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, wow, that's that's an interesting statistic probably, that I've yeah, never heard yeah, before from any big, of my guests. It's pretty, yeah. it's pretty surprising numbers. So, yeah. Be careful. Watch out. Be, do your be research. careful. Exactly. Do your <laughs> do your research, and you know you've got to decide 
how you're going to invest, what you're going to invest in. Yeah, there's all sorts of lessons. Never, never fall in love with the company, for instance. <laughs> so this brings me to the next question, because uh, I noticed in one of your blog posts, you said sometimes it's okay to lose. And you were using the Vanguard Emerging Markets ETF as an example. Do you remember that blog post? Oh, uh, um, I think it was uh, someone who wanted to, you know, a friend of theirs invested in an emerging markets ETF, yeah. went really well, and then they went into it, you know, and, based and on the past go, performance. Uh, yeah, and it go, and, it's and, the, and, the, and, the old and based, went, based on past yeah, performance. Yeah, and it went badly. Thing, yeah. You get a lot of that, right? When you're making your investment decision, you've got to be decided what you're investing for and the reason. Now, emerging markets in an ETF, I think is probably a good place to be over the long term. But long term's 10 years, mm. right? And, and potentially longer. People that go in there for short term, like emerging markets had a really good run in the last sort of 12 months. They suffered through COVID, but from the bottom, they've been you know, solidly up. You've got obviously all emerging tech, ETFs like Asia. Have a little bit of look under the head. I think it's great. ETFs and beta shares do a great job. It's quite heavily weighted, that particularly ETF. So, so you are... Yeah, you're quite heavily weighted to just so a few this stocks. So this is Asia? Uh, ETF called Asia. Yeah. Uh, um, so it's focused on tech in Asia, obviously. Yep. So it's a little bit on the same theme that I'd have been writing there. So you want to be careful of just buying into a market just because it's gone up a long way. Mm-hmm. Because markets do work like waves, if you like. You know, they do go up and down. So perhaps don't put all, you know, put everything in one go so if you're going into something because someone else did and they've been in there a long while you know you might need a little bit of patience to choose when to go or be prepared to sit down through some what we call drawdown mm. i.e some some losses yeah that principle applies everywhere so it's okay to lose money but not to lock in the loss is that the point mm, no 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 um definitely not there's a lot of people that do especially in uh, trading and I don't know if you're do trading or, or lots of people that pretend they're traders and then uh, all their losses become their investments mm. right that's, <laughs> that's that's not the way to go yeah yeah, yeah. um you've just got to be disciplined is what I'm saying yeah so, so don't just chase something buy your time maybe wait till it's in a, in a more suitable buy point yeah um if it's been running really hot for six nine months jumping on board it's probably running out of steam uh, so even with an etf then maybe the you should be well, it, picking your time to buy it's how you're going to do it right uh, yeah. so if you're doing etfs it's slightly different if you're doing an etf i would recommend that you basically dollar cost average right and for beginners i think etfs are a, a good safe way to go um as long as you've got the right time frame on them mm-hmm. you can buy all sorts of etfs i would recommend you know, whole of market ETFs and maybe even you can get global market yeah. ETFs. So Australia is a small bit of the global world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know where we live here and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it's a small pinprick of the world. Because you can buy a MISCI, can't you? Yeah, They're exactly. called MISCI funds, yeah, which is yeah, like the whole world exactly. index. Exactly. There's yeah. plenty of global. Yeah, you, you, you find them on you know, Vanguard. It's just off the top of my head, I can't remember, but certainly Vanguard have global. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Most of them will have Yeah, a, yeah like exactly. Global, so, yeah. so you can buy a global one. You can buy an Australian one if you want as well. If you're going down the ETF route, nothing wrong with dollar cost averaging and nothing wrong with staggering your investments. So if you want to get started on, on that, just invest an amount today 
don't wait. You can manage your risk, but you can't know what the market's going to do mm. in the future. There's a misunderstanding of time in the markets, I, I think. Um, you can't know what the market's going to do in the future, but you can manage your risk. That's two separate, separate things. But if you're going to dollar cost average, make an investment now, at least you're in, and then you can wait for some market pullbacks. You know, 10% pullbacks in the market is fairly regular. Hmm. You know, so it's worthwhile waiting for for twenty percent pullbacks happen probably every couple of years at, at, at least. Sometimes, sometimes a, li- a little bit more. If you get to thirty, forty percent, they they become less regular, hmm. right? So, don't think there's going to be another massive COVID sell-off. They're more like a ten-year horizons, really, aren't they? The th- yeah, they're, they're more. Uh, yeah, uh, I think traditionally people would have said ten years. I think they're more frequent than that. No. Yeah, and they have been more frequent mm-hmm. than that. We've certainly have a number since sort of uh, the late nineties to, to now that would make it much more than ten years. Um, but you know, there's certainly yeah, yeah every five years or or, or or so. I think eighteen two thousand and eighteen we had a sort of good solid sort of fifteen. 1670 something like that sell off mm-hmm. and then that recovered and then we obviously yep. had the covid mm-hmm. um, so so you will get opportunities with a, a, a little bit of patience so if you're doing lump sums that's what i'd recommend if you're just doing monthly contributions don't worry about it just mm. get started and do monthly contributions because as i said you don't know what the market's going to do in the future and uh, that way you'll end up you know at an average situation I have done a lot of or seen a lot of research whereby actually if you dollar cost average and you're doing it on a monthly basis, yeah, that's a pretty solid way to go. Yeah, You're managing that risk differently from if you were managing individual stock mm-hmm. risk. If you if you if you if you're buying individual stocks and a much more concentrated portfolio, you've got to manage your risk a little bit differently. Yeah. We talk often about the core satellite approach where maybe the core yeah. of your portfolio is going to be ETFs and then on the, the edges of it, you might be starting to dabble in with individual stocks. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong because with that. Because it's more fun. Yeah, exa- <laughs> well. exactly. People yeah. Like and you're to learning. Do, yeah, people like to do their research. People like to study some stocks and read about them and or companies and things, and, that, and that's good. Um, and, yeah, certainly I think at the pace of technology, there's always exciting developments, exciting companies to do. So I don't think there's any anything wrong with that when you're comfortable with how you manage the money mm-hmm. or your position shall we say or your stocks then you, you know you but as a starting place you know etfs then satellite and core and satellite then you know when you're confident or you've got the skills enough you can manage your own portfolio directly uh, or and hybrid, managing the or risk hybrid. as well yeah exactly yeah, yeah. exactly but that's the that's the thing is when you're when you're buying individual stocks, you've got much more, usually much more concentration mm-hmm. on those stocks. So I, I yeah. think most portfolios are sort of around that 10 positions, 10 to 15 positions maybe, and that's all, yeah. all, all, all they've got. I've seen a lot of retail portfolios with even less than that and real concentration yeah. risk. And that's not really diversified at and all, that's is not, it? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, market risk, that they reckon sort of, about 18, 20 stocks sort of starts mm-hmm. to is, is diversify that seismic risk, if you if you like. Um, but individual stock risk is, yeah, if, if you've got 10% in one position and something happens to that, it's going to have an effect on your, mm. a significant effect on your returns. Yep. Um, however, if you 
pick those positions well, that's going to have a significant effect on your returns as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, yeah, don't want to bang on about it, but it's risk management at all times is the key to managing individual stocks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, do your research if you want to look at and do study all the company reports and all the rest of it, or, or uh, the the company announcements and and really understand what the company's doing. That's terrific. That, yeah, that's good. A good company does not necessarily make a good stock and mm-hmm. a good stock does not make necessarily make a, a good company so you've got to that you know your process your research process is to build comfort to take a position mm-hmm. right once you've taken the position somewhat you're in the lap of the gods okay so then it's about risk management mm-hmm. so, so there's two things there there's there's the things with the company may change that you need to keep keep on top of outside factors may change or the share price just doesn't perform how you expect it to mm-hmm. or maybe you've identified things or, or, or opportunity in in the market that a lot of people haven't don't think is there yet so you might be early on your position but being early on your position and fundamentally right is the same as just being wrong <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so you've got to get those two yeah married up mm-hmm. because some investors would say that um it's even worthwhile waiting if you're right and you've got the conviction that yeah you can certainly uh, we run watch lists mm-hmm. continually of 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 stocks uh, these are all automated by the way yeah yeah we run different watch lists for for, for different strategies so we have what is called a, a, a multi-factor strategy so it's basically looking for uh, stocks that that are reasonably priced stocks that have uh, what we call good quality and really fundamentally we mean earnings Mm. earnings growth increased margins earnings growth that sort of thing but the the last one and i think the most important thing is positive momentum mm-hmm. okay now we do that in relative strength so we want to buy the strongest stocks so we're talking more of a technical analysis here now rather than a fundamental well this is fundamental analysis but on on the momentum side yeah it's a mixture between technical and fund, fundamental um so, so momentum the, means that there's people wanting to buy Momentum. Or, or sell, uh, or sell momentum means yeah. a, a couple of things. It can be earnings momentum. It can be in, in anything. So it, it means something's increasing, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So, so yes, it could be volume. It could be a, a, anything. Fundamentally, we're looking for stocks that are going up mm-hmm. in markets that are going up, mm-hmm. right? And that's the two kind of green lights, if you like, that we're looking for in, in momentum. We've got some other things around there, but those are the two major major yep. ones mm-hmm. so yes that's a hybrid but we so we have all these automated watch lists that of stocks that sit on there any one time there can be between four and 60 stocks that sit on these watch lists yeah they'll sit there because they're good solid stocks but that doesn't mean if we've got 60 there we're not going to buy 60 it doesn't mean it's the right time mm-hmm. to buy them so i think that's one thing for your listeners to to understand that uh a good stock doesn't make a good company and a good company doesn't make a good stock. It's terrific when you can get the two running together mm-hmm. because then you've got some comfort level that it should continue. Other people are seeing the same thing you're seeing. More people are wanting to buy it, hence the price is going up, or people are willing to pay more and more for that stock. But that's the yeah, that, that that's what you want. And with that, and uh, sorry, we're going to go off on tangents all over the place here. I love a tangent. It's okay. <laughs> with that, see, one of the things about the risk management is you've got to, you've really got to understand this, and this is vitally important. Is I'm going to assume all your listeners have finite capital. So every time we're making an investment, one of the big driver of investment performance 
or bad investment performance is opportunity cost. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you're allocating resources to a position, that's resources you cannot allocate to another position. Mm. So if it's not behaving in the way you're expecting, right? To me, opportunity cost you've got to got to move on. So mm-hmm. so make sure that you're not sitting. Yeah, yeah. Don't be wedded to a position. Don't be wedded to your opinion. Challenge your own opinion. Yeah, uh, have other you, people challenge you might, your opinion. You might be yeah. right about the outlook of the company, mm. but at the moment, everyone else doesn't agree with you. Yes. Right. So, so uh, you you need a consensus to start to agree with you, and you need the share price to be going up. Otherwise, mm-hmm. yeah. At the end of the day, we're we're doing this uh, not to listen to, to our prove own, ourselves to right. Prove, yeah, exa- exa- <laughs> exactly. It's not yeah. an intellectual yeah. case study. Yes. It's making money yeah <laughs> right that's right that's so, so that's to do. two different things yep. we're not trying to prove ourselves the most intelligent person in the room we're trying to make sure that we can put the odds in our favor mm. and so we can make money over the long term that's a little bit of a different difficult concept for someone some people to I think to to understand hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So if I can just go over it, it sounds like what you're trying to do is to stack the odds in your favour in the first place by trying to find good quality companies and stocks that have got momentum behind them, but then presuming that you're going to be wrong and that if, when you are wrong, correct. you're going to manage that risk. Yeah, yeah, mm. correct, correct. So our game plan is to minimise the downside where we can, and we basically do that by managing downside market risks we we very rarely go 100 percent to cash i think the gfc 2008 was probably the last time mm. but we go to cash fairly fairly quickly uh we start to go to cash when markets get re- very stretched to the upside mm-hmm. and we'll start to, to go a, a little bit now sometimes we're wrong and we have to go get back invested again but when we're right we we reduce that loss a lot and the nature of losses that losses to gains are asymmetrical risk. Mm-hmm. Right, a fifty percent loss takes a hundred percent to recover from. Yep, yep. Right, right. You, you mm-hmm. know, whereas a hundred percent gain only takes fifty percent, and you're back to where you were. Yep, yep. Right. It's it's a it's not an equal. The loss costs you far more than the gain. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. So you've got to be really solid on your risk management. If you can sort of grapple with that concept, that kind of yeah, minimize your losses. Understand that doesn't matter what research, what things you may be wrong, but what you're looking to do is make sure that if your analysis and the market agrees mm. uh, and you've bought in a good position, so so we would have stocks that we've held for years, mm-hmm. but we also have stocks that we held for a week. Yeah, you know if we're wrong, yeah, we might make a, a buy point that we think's a a good solid buy point, um, but only the market will tell us. Well, if so it's gonna work, so you're right? that ruthless with it as well. Yeah, yeah. is that like because um, I've read about risk reward ratios, where what you do is you set you set a buy price. If it goes below a certain price, you're going to just sell. And yeah, so, so and people then... work with so- solid stop losses. They're called. We do work with a, a kind of a stop loft loss. 
So if a position is down 10%, then we'll start paying more attention to it. If it drops to 20%, we'll pay serious attention to it. And if it drops by 30%, we'll be gone anyway, no matter yeah. no matter what, right? Mm-hmm. So that's our process. We are of a size, we don't want to be just selling in and out willy-nilly. If you have a hard stop loss in the market, yeah, that would wipe us out and we don't want our position to be... Mm. You know, just flood the market on a on a stop loss, right? Yeah, we, yeah, we've got to manage things differently from your listeners probably have to do because you've got to move it. You can't do it all correct, at once. Correct, otherwise, we can't just the price. it onto yeah. the market. Yeah. However, if you put your initial buy point right now, you've got to learn about how to do a buy point and where and where's a safe way to buy and a safe t- time to buy, and that's you know another time I suspect. But uh, when when you do your buy point, you've got to identify when you're wrong, right? Stocks move around five ten percent pretty pretty. Re- regularly i think past 20 percent is you're starting to say yeah, I'm yeah probably a bit wrong here mm-hmm. something's wrong i've either got the timing wrong have i got the uh, um so if you if, if you were for example putting a five percent position mm-hmm. on so you've got you're holding 20 stocks so five percent yeah. one of them is five percent one of them yep. one was five percent so if you've got a 20 percent stop loss in there so you're going to sell it if you if your position goes down 20 20 percent that's a one percent total equity mm-hmm. loss of your of your portfolio so which sounds like a manageable kind of risk that's a reasonable to, yeah, yeah exactly exactly because mm-hmm. you are going to have runs whereby you know our win rate as an example is less than 50 percent mm-hmm. okay it's a worse ratio than a coin toss, toss <laughs> right? Really? Even when yeah. you're trying to stack the yeah. odds in your yeah. favour? And a, and a coin toss... I'm, well, I'm glad you're being so honest here. Well, that's, yeah, that, that's because our risk control is so tight. Yes. Right? Because what we want to do is have winners that run 100, 200, 300% mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. What we're not willing to do is have losses that run at 50%, etc. to the downside. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our positions, we're wrong on the timing, mm-hmm. right? And so we get out and then we'll we'll get back in a later date because what often happens is a stock will will fall it'll go into what we call a basing pattern so it's a period whereby it's kind of found its value for for for, for, the, for the time being mm. those that have sold have been sort of forced out if, if you like yep. and, and the other people holding are the holders but because it's been sold off people aren't buying it so it will base for a while until new buying interest comes in and you know, or something changes. Yeah, and, yeah, but conceptually, that is something we would look at, and for a while, and we'll make a, a decision to to buy in there at some point when we think it's starting to move move up. And if we get it right, we might hold that for years. If we get it wrong, it will fall away again through that base pattern, mm-hmm. and we just want out. Right, we, we we're just wrong, and we just move on to the next one, and and hope we're right next time. But on that, go back to the coin toss. You're going to get runs or losers. Doesn't matter how good a trader, how good investor you you you, you are. If you're on a 50-50 win rate, every time you flip flip a coin, for instance, you know you've got a fifty-two percent chance of winning next time. But that doesn't mean you're not going to get runs of losers. So it's perfectly possible that you're going to have well, one standard deviation is thirteen, two is twenty-six odd, I think, off the top of my head. Mm. So you are going to see runs of thirteen, twenty-six losers regularly yes so so that doesn't mean something's wrong with your decision making might be you need to analyze and need to work but that's that just out. basic but that's statistics stats. that's stats yeah. right that's maths mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and that's something that we build our systems on you've got to understand yeah and that's you're all part of your risk management 
and thinking that kind of next level, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. It's a counterintuitive thought. You wouldn't go to a doctor who is wrong 50% of yeah, the time. Correct. And yeah. people really need to get their heads around the idea that um, it's like you say, you want to well, be able to I, cut I, your I, losses I, and I, to I, hang I, on the good ones. See, I would, I would be happy, you know, a doctor, when he comes to see you, if it's complicated, I've been to a doctor a lot where they don't know what they are. So they send you for tests, they send you for other things because they go, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're making hypotheses of what it might be. Yes. Right? So I'd prefer to go to a doctor that doesn't stay wrong. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Being wrong's fine. Mm-hmm. The doctor might make a hypothesis and he'll go and test it and he's wrong. So he'll move on to another hypothesis, right? So I think a good doctor will actually understand that he's there's a good chance he may be wrong. But what we'll do is we'll test and see if he is wrong. So he's like, in, in, in investing terms, he's taken a position. He's going to see if it works or not. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, he's going to cut and... Take another Hopefully position. Hopefully, cut not too severely. Yeah, 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 no, no, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, not you. But yeah, yeah. So, so I think, you know, I think, yeah. There's a lot of professions where actually risk management is so important mm. that you, we probably don't think about, mm. and maybe they don't think about. Mm. Uh, um, but it is the same. It is the same do, idea don't, behind it. It's the yeah, same. It's yeah, the yeah, same mental. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but I think as humans, we struggle with the concept of not being wrong. Yes, because. Our whole education system, our whole life is built around, our, our sense of self is built around being right and being valued for your opinion mm-hmm. because your opinion means something and it's valuable and it's right, right? So you're taught this from school, right? You get a star for being right. I don't think anyone's ever got a star for doing something and failing, mm. right? Maybe that's something we should start teaching kids uh um you, you know. failure is all part of the process yeah, exactly yeah. exactly and, uh, and failure is part of yeah, investing ex- as well ex- exactly and exactly and, and, and failure is fine as long yeah. as you understand it your growth of it you you, you 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 just accept it as part of a natural thing yeah i think when you really understand that it changes your outlook on things uh, and i think uh, as i've got older you start to realize that actually you know the older i get the less i know kind of concept and so you start to, well, I try to you know, remain open to any possibility, especially the possibility that you might be wrong, right, in any opinion, right? So, so that's, yeah, that's kind of a sort of a, a look into it, if you like. So if people are interested in finding out more about you, um, what's your Twitter handle first? <laughs> oh, geez. I think it's just my name, isn't it? Isn't it Adam underscore Turk or something? I think it's just my name. You can see I really hunt for Twitter followers. <laughs> <laughs> um, just at Adam D. Turk. And um, Harborside Capital, if people are interested in finding more about Harborside yep, Capital. Yeah, so if you look at harborsidecapital.com.au, uh, um, yeah, that'll tell, us, uh, uh, tell you a little bit about us. There's some articles, probably some we, we need to update some, but there's there's a fair few sort of articles of different concepts on there that might be of interest. Yeah, if people get hold of me on Twitter or anything, I'll do my best to answer their their questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's probably the best way to get hold of me. Yeah, it's been a totally different interview to what we started out with, but it's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Hopefully, it makes for a good one. Uh, um, but yeah, that's the. Uh, I think I think yeah the risk side and understanding that and thinking about it is I think where your your listeners will get the best long term benefit from mm-hmm. and if they don't understand that yet they're probably not ready to do the ETF thing to start with just do the ETF <laughs> yeah, yeah to yeah. start with yeah. until until the penny drops and you go I get it mm-hmm. right that's the uh, 
yeah, that's the key to me, I think. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Adam, for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Shares for Beginners is for information and educational purposes only. It isn't financial advice and you shouldn't buy or sell any investments based on what you've heard here. Any opinion or commentary is the view of the speaker only, not Shares for Beginners. This podcast doesn't replace professional advice regarding your personal financial needs, circumstances or current situation. Thanks to Christopher Soulos for music production with that special Greekalicious flavour. Remember, music always flows, even when the money won't. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com